But see, that's right. th- that's what I really like about this album too is that you wrote it, but you you left it room to breathe. You didn't say, "Okay, here's your charts, here's what you're playing, stick to it, and we'll be fine, kid." You you really left room for it to be alive, and that really comes out into the music. I think that's one of the reasons I enjoy the album so much is because it feels like a bunch of guys that just sat down and came up with this together. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, one of the things that Clarence said to me when we had our initial meeting about doing the record, about writing, composing, he said, the one thing that you want to kind of do is you want to write stuff that's challenging yet fun. So like each song has like one or two spots that's a little, it might be a little difficult, but it's at the end of the day, the the changes are, you know, it's a blues. You're, at the end of the day, you're playing a blues. Right. But you know that's not that was you had to you know play that a few times to get it together yeah um you know especially with luis having to go in thirds the the with the octatonic scale um you know but but at the end of the day you know like those guys are such pros they've seen everything at this point oh so yeah you know but he was saying that like the magic happens when it's challenging and fun because the challenge is like, you know, you're, 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 you're scratching that itch, but it's fun because once you start playing, it's like, Oh, this is cool. We're at, you know, we could just listen to each other and you, you know, you don't have to, you know, we can get out of the music right. instead of reading like this, you know, we can kind of just listen to each other. And I think that's what the big thing is with the record. And I, for me, like, you know, there's, parts of it that are tricky and stuff but there's parts of it that's like you know there's a couple of magical moments i think oh for, for sure for it, myself that, that when we're having the conversation it's like wow we played that together how did we do that <laughs> you know or and that's like when we're just improvising you know like so it's like it makes me wonder like man if we like ever did like a tour how amazing would it be right. you know by the end of i mean this is like one rehearsal and one in the studio, I mean, granted, we're all wearing headphones. So we hear each other, sure, like like as clear as day. Mm-hmm. But it makes you wonder, like you know, um, what are the possibilities could be? You know, if we were able to actually get it together and do something, you know, is there a hope for that that you'll do some shows before uh, you might go on tour with something? That's a hope. Yeah, the, I, the, I mean, the, when you're talking guys at this level, though, scheduling becomes a real challenge, be, and well, especially what, now that things are going to open up, and then you know, uh, I'm sure Luis will definitely start touring more. Donnie will definitely tour more, mm-hmm. and yes, Sushi plays with everybody, the bass player, so he plays with everybody. So it'd be tough to get those guys, but if I can get like the one thing that's really been really cool is a couple of musicians that I I gave the CD to or. I, that bought the CD, uh, they listen to it and they're like, I want to, I would like to play this music. And that's, that's sort of a big feather in the cap for me as a writer. Like you write something that other guys would be interested in, in playing with not just listening to, you know? Right. You know, I'll, you know like what's, what's a bigger compliment than, Hey, I like your music. I want to learn it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause that's an investment. That's not just something that, especially with this kind of music, if you want to go on and, and I hate to sound like I'm putting rock music down because I'm really not. But it's so much more simple than what we're talking about with jazz fusion. If you wanted to go out and learn a bunch of rock coverage, you could do, you know, five or six songs a day and really get them down pretty well, have your solo sections and and be ready to go in a couple of weeks to rehearsals. Whereas this kind of music, you know, to to take things that were created 
spontaneously and say, I want to capture that feeling Ooh. and be able to reproduce. That's going to be the challenge. It's not learning the parts. It's going to be capturing that feeling. Sure. Well, I mean, that all has that all has, comes down to experience. I mean, that was what was nice about, I mean, this record, I'm basically playing with an all-star band. Sure. If you don't, I mean, if you, if, you know, it, you wouldn't know that because, you know, if you're not like an avid jazz person, you wouldn't know that, oh, like, I mean, Donnie McCaslin, he's the guy that's playing on David Bowie's Black Star record, you know, like, you know, and um, Luis plays with this amazing uh, saxophone player named Miguel Zanon, and they tour the world playing together, and they write some, Miguel writes some really hard music, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, Luis is also such a, a warm, giving guy, and him and I went to school together, so, like, what was great about having him on the record was that like I was like getting you know he could tell that I was nervous you know be this being my first record and everything mm-hmm. uh, when we were doing rehearsals right and we were doing one of the fugues and Luis is like Greg did you write this and I was like yeah and he goes and then he laughs <laughs> and he was like I'm just kidding man it's gonna be a great this is your first record this is woo you know, he like, you know, but the fact that he like did that and it actually loosened me up and then I could just, you know, I kind of got out, got out of my head a little bit. It's yeah. really, it was nice to have that, you know, like, right. you know, we took like a band picture at the studio and like, as we're taking the band picture, Luis gets behind me and he pushes me like a little brother <laughs> and, and like, I'm like, oh, and it was startled me, but I just started laughing because I'm like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And he's like, man, what is it about you? You're making me act like, you know, I'm still in college, man. I don't know. Well, because because yeah. you you're definitely somebody who embraces like your inner child. You 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 don't take yourself so seriously as an adult that sure. you're you know you're starchy or whatever i mean you're just like a really easy going guy and i think we're so used to people being so pretentious especially in these days with all the political stuff that goes on and it's it's so easy to just be like i'm afraid to say anything and just sit there like this and you're just like i don't care i'm gonna be me who else would i be exactly <laughs> well let me add, now i know i promised that i was going to play some rosetta stone about six hours ago but uh, before I do, let me just ask you, because you, you mentioned the fuse and, and being concerned about the reception of them. How did the guys in the band look, you know, did they make any comments about, well, I don't know about a fugue or, you know, how did they feel about it? They didn't say anything. The only the only thing that they said anything about was about the ballad. And they were like, wow, beautiful song, hmm. uh, which is um, uh, Elysia, Elysia, which is short for Elysian Fields. It was written for my grandmother that oh. she passed away. She passed away just before we did the record. So I <sighs> I sort of dedicated the song to her. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Elysia is like sort of like, that's like the Greek version of what he- they think heaven is. Mm. Yeah. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so like I wrote that and they were like, wow, that was a really beautiful tune, man. Mm-hmm. That was the only one that they were like, I really dug that. Yeah. You know, um, but I think, I, I, you know, the fact that like Donnie, wrote me that email and was like, this is really good. You know, yeah, that's huge. And I, you know, and I, and I think, you know, actually a friend of mine, uh, this guy, Jeb Patton, who's a great piano player. He, he used to play with Jimmy Heath. And now he plays with Charles McPherson and people like that. Um, he was like, the fuse are cool. They're, they're like a modern version of what the modern jazz quartet did, you know, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Modern jazz quartet was like Milt Jackson, I think Hank Jones, and they would like play like you know they'd play, find a way to like 
play Bach as a quartet, mm-hmm. or they they do different things like that, and they just call it modern jazz quartet. And it was a band, and they would sort of uh, explore some of the classical elements. I mean, now, I mean, especially actually, a lot of stuff now in in modern jazz is basically classical music. It's just not considered classical music, right? Well, it just it's it's got such a different feel to it that you don't necessarily equate it with the two things. You know, it's like you don't necessarily hear a heavy metal band and think, "Wow, they're they're really bluesy." It's there, but well, it's funny. I listen to Ingve and I go, "That's that's straight up Bach." <laughs> well, yeah, that's very obvious though with him. I mean, he studied so much Bach yeah, right. that well, he I mean, really incorporates. Those, it. I'm like, that's like that's like Bach a thousand percent. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I back and forth with him. He's one of those guitarists where I feel like some some of the stuff he writes just really resonates with me. And some of the stuff I hear from him, I'm just like, that's the kind of stuff that is so beyond the rest of the song that it loses me. And it's really, I mean, it's he's not doing anything wrong. It really comes down to personal taste. But right. I feel like sometimes people play flashy because they can and right. not because it suits the song. And I'm more of a song person. Like, I think things should be within the context of the song and... You know, they should make sure. sense within that element. That was that was sort of my goal with this. I mean, you know, it's I, I didn't necessarily want to make a record for musicians. Right. To like, mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to make a record that was with good music. And if I felt that the music was good enough, then people would like it, you know, because like, yeah, it's, it would be cool if like more music, if, if a lot of musicians like really dug the record. But who, you know, sometimes you go to a, a, a gig and it's like, you know, you listen to like a science, a math experiment or something, and it's like, well, who was this written for? Right. Well, yeah. Where's the connection? I don't. I. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't connect with this at all. You well, know, we're like. I mean, and I think that's why people like vocal re- records so much because they connect with the words, they connect with the story, they connect with whatever. I mean, you and usually ninety percent of the time, a vocalist is going to have a banter with the audience as well. Right. So you feel connected to the audience, you know, as opposed to like you know these guys that like they'll do a gig and they won't talk to you. And then it's like count of the next tune. And like, it's like, you're, you're, you're the, as an audience member, you're an afterthought. Yeah. What's to do with that? Right. It's you very, know? it's very antiseptic, you know, like, like, uh, you know, you're just going in and like, we know that you're watching great. We're here to just do our thing. And it, it doesn't feel comfortable as an audience member to have that. At least it, you know, the band should be looking at the audience. They should be connecting with the first, you know, three or four rows and, you know, making a statement that, hey, we appreciate that you guys are here to see us play. That makes a big difference to me. I've been to shows where the band could care less. And I've been to shows where they're like, wow, would you stop looking at us and just play a song, please? <laughs> you know, it's they almost take too much time in between songs to to talk. Well, you got you to find that fine line for whatever yeah. it is. You know? But like, you know, a little banter or making a joke or whatever. I mean, that it's it, like I said, it, it's entertainment at the end of the day. You, you know, it's you don't have to be like Ronnie Dangerfield and tell a thousand jokes, but you can at least acknowledge that there's other people in the room. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been to shows where they don't even acknowledge the other band members. Those are the worst. I mean, if you want to ignore me, that's fine. But when you guys don't even look like you're enjoying what you're doing, how am I supposed to? Right. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be like smiles and goofy and all that kind of stuff, but it has, you know, at least, at least look at each other or look at, look, you know, or, just say, hey, welcome, welcome to the show or anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, even if the, the bass player goes up to the guitarist and says, I'm going to kill you after this show, I don't know what he's saying. I just see that they're interacting. Right. You're just like, wow, 
conservatives wonder what you're saying up there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you're not getting the reaction I would expect, but... <laughs> well, before we wrap up, I, I do want to play a little bit of, uh, of uh, Rosetta Stone. Any particular uh, starting point for this one? As I just start playing the beginning. <laughs> well, that's, that was uh, number five. Uh, no, that was number uh, two, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, just wait a minute. Talk about the nine. We talked about the nine. I would, I would actually say, play two things: play uh, Rosetta Stone and then play part of Misinformation. Well, that was that was my song, uh, my song eleven from when I ripped the CD. So I wonder. Oh, well, if, I wonder if it ripped it wrong. Let's see. Well, that's number two. Okay, for number two. Oh, this is interesting then. Maybe it did maybe that one didn't rip right. Oh. Hmm. Okay, well then uh you know what? Buy the album. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious what, what what order you have. Well, I th- I thought everything else was in order, but remember I had to um oh I think these are the, the ones I tried to rip off the CD. So uh I do have misinformation though. Let's play a little bit of that. And where do you yeah. want to start on that one? This one, like, I don't know, two or three minutes in, I guess. Right. You can do that. This is sort of like this is sort of like the, the Radiohead-ish kind of tune. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's sort of like everything in its right place, but in seven. Mm-hmm. Which is always interesting. Well, it's a, it, for me, I thought this was, a, this was the last one that we did in the, in the, during the day, and we were just kind of going for it. Mm-hmm. And I thought there were some really great moments in this one. Um, we actually did a version that we rushed. We were so ex- went for it so much that we rushed so bad that like Clarence was like, you know, Mark Giuliano rushes too, you know. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Well, see, and that's the thing too, because when you get like to that hero. point, you're like, all right, let's just knock one more out. But you don't want to not put a hundred percent into it. But you kind of don't really have a hundred percent left until you start playing, and then you get into it, and you're like, all right, I found the gear. Like we can, oh, yeah. we well, can totally do this. Well, what's funny was that like. Um. Yeah. So, like that last take, it was just like, it was like a controlled aggression. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, because oh, we're we're speeding up. I gotta I gotta pull back a little bit, you know. But you know, it was there was a little bit of that. But so like, but what actually ended up happening was we kind of took a pause each at the end of each. We would do this for the solos. Mm-hmm. See, you know, and, so and that's it's not it only important where you place the song on the album so that everything sounds like it flows in a good order, but also the way that you record will have a big, big impact. If you'd have recorded this song second instead of at the end of the day, it would have had a different feel to it. Oh, absolutely. And, and also by that time, you know, uh, the night before I hadn't had any sleep. So there was a lot of things about this record that were like really interesting because of the first it was my first record. Mm-hmm. You know, I was stressing stressing out the night before because it wasn't so much can I play my music, but it was am I over going to overplay? Am I going to underplay? Are the guys going to enjoy this record? Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, I haven't played with anybody since you know two thousand and like over a year now, pretty much. You know, at, at that point when we did the record, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I had done shows, but I hadn't played jazz in like in a year at that point. You know, oh, yeah. So I was like, all those like thoughts were. The, and then I get to, and then we get to the, you know, we come in the studio and they're like, you got to hit the drums harder. So that was like the adjustment. I was like, I'm hitting the drums harder than I normally do. Oh. So that made me even more tired. Mm-hmm. And then, 
you know, this is like the last tune of the day. So I'm just like going for it. But I'm like, <laughs> like I'm fumes. Cause I had like, I, it was like one of those things where like, you know, the night before was Halloween. So it was, it was also daylight savings time. So I went to bed at like, I'm going to go to bed at 11. It's going to be great. I got up like, at like one o'clock to go to the bathroom. And then I look at the clock and it's like, it's only, okay. So it's, it's a one, but then I'm like, Oh my God, it's only 12. So then, I, and then like, it was that thing where like, I tried to go to bed and the more that was, I started tossing and turning and it was, then I couldn't, I got to the point where I couldn't shut my mind off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you start like, Oh God, don't mess up that figure. Okay. Oh, I wonder, I want, Oh, and I just couldn't shut it off. And then you next thing you know, it's like daylight. And you're like, Oh God, I gotta go to the rehearsal. I gotta go to the gig, you know? So like, because of that, I sort of, you know, if there were like little time glitches here and there, I was like, I gave myself a break. It's like, we, we went for it, you know, yeah. it's like a song in the seventh, like the seventies records at the time wasn't always perfect, but, but what's more important to me is like, how does it make you feel emotionally? How does it make you feel, you know, do you connect with what we're doing? And I think for a lot of people, it does, it did, or, you know, people that have heard the music so far, right. You know, they've, they've, they've only been like really enjoying what we accomplished. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, when this when this comes out, that people will really enjoy it. You know, like uh, talk about entertainment. The great Art Blakey used to say, "If you like what you heard, tell your friends. If right. you didn't, like yeah, it, share it. If, if you don't like it, tell your enemies." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one other thing I, I kind of wanted to to say too is that especially for independent artists like yourself. I mean, yes, you have a record label, but you're really you know you're just emerging with your first album. And sure. for, for people that are listening, you know, if you check it out, if you like it, or even if you don't like it, but you think someone else will share it for the love of God, you know, mm-hmm. it, it takes like two seconds to hit the share button and you don't even have to say anything. If you want to give commentary and say, Hey, this is some, some jazz fusion you might want to check out or something. That's great. But yeah. at least share it, hit that button and let people know that it's out there because that's how it, you know, in this world of we live in a sea of art right now, there's so much being produced that it's really hard to cut through all of that. And it doesn't have anything to do with with whether a project is good or bad, uh, which is just the the recipient's opinion anyway. But it has to do with cutting through all that and getting to a point where it's in front of people to give it a chance. And it's so hard to do that when we just live in a world that's just buried in so many people putting things out. So for you guys that are listening to the show, for the love of God, please at least share and let people know it's out there and give them a chance to check it out because, you know, independent or, artists, we need that to grow. Or if you have if you have the time, please uh, write an iTunes review. Yes. Or yeah. Spotify, whatever, because that's how you get on those those playlists, especially as, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm I'm not like a, a, a name in the jazz world, but if enough people like say, Hey, this is really cool. Well then, then maybe, you know, I got a shot at getting, getting on some of those playlists and then more people can hear it. And then maybe that can lead to some, some other doors opening up. That would be, that would mean the world to me. I, I, you know, I know that's, that might be a big ask for some, but you know, if you have the, the five seconds to do it, then, you know, or, or a minute to do it, however long it takes to write, Hey, this was cool. I enjoyed this or whatever. You know, that would mean the world to me. And, uh, you know, it, it would only help, uh, you know, exposure and, and have iTunes look and say, oh, people are actually look, listening to this record. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just like, you know, because who knows like what the bot, the bots world that we live in now, you know, what, who, you know, who's, 
you know, who's what the actual traffic of like iTunes is happening and right. you know, web website stuff and you know, just take take this if you can take the seconds to 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 you know follow the Spotify account or or uh, you know take the iTunes and and check it out and put a review that would be that would be the best ever. I'd appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, and let me know if you did it so I can thank you. I mean, I right? I, I definitely want to thank people that are you know helping me out and 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 you know and if I could do anything for you, then I, I you know when you're put out your music, I'll try to do the same for you. You just got to let me know, you know? Yeah. But can. if you do it anonymously, then I'll never know. So. Right. <laughs> and we could all do it together. And if you don't feel like writing a review, at least give it a rating. Like, you know, with, with Apple uh, music and, and iTunes, it's really easy. You just click on the number of stars and that, that adds to the the rating tally. You know, uh, it, it isn't too hard to put in just a few words to say, Hey, I really like this, or, you know, this is some jazz fusion to check out or something to let people know it's worth it. Because it really is hard to cut through the noise. So, you know, take five seconds to do it. Uh, I can tell you personally, I love the album. And uh, I, I'm really glad that you shared it with me. I'm really glad that you put it out, especially in the middle of all the craziness to be able to release an album with some of your your favorite people. Uh, is, I mean, that's just the best. But yeah. uh, let's play uh, let's play a little bit of this here, Misinformation, and, yeah. and see uh, if I have the song right. There's a couple of things that I want to point out that really stand out to me. And first of all, that's just some killer sax playing right there. But oh, yeah. I, I love the incorporation of the toms that you're putting in there here and there. It really just keeps that groove interesting for me. Um, I think a lot of drummers, you you hear it more in fusion, but a lot of drummers just tend to be so snare oriented that, that that's really all they focus on. But I like this because it, it really gives it some flavor. What gets me on this is the roads. Because it almost feels like they're just hitting notes at random. Just, yeah, I'm going to hang a note here. I'm going to hang a note there. It doesn't Ooh. feel planned at all, but it sounds like just so brilliant. It works with that so lovely. It just fills a space that you didn't really know needed to be filled. Well, the nice thing about the roads is it's it's like uh, it's very transparent. So it gives like a different element altogether uh just to the song and then like you know even though donnie and i are playing very busy at that section it doesn't feel bogged down or anything because mm-hmm. we're having a conversation the roads is doing its thing but it's so transparent that it doesn't it you know we're not getting in the way of it right yeah exactly it kind of just little- it just kind of says hey i found an open spot i'm just gonna play a little bit and and Luis is also, I mean, he's an incredible at comping. If, if you know what comping is, comping is accompanying, short book accompanying. Uh, you know, and he, I mean, Luis is a master of, of of that. You know, and he's he's got an amazing touch on the roads. I mean, if you listen to track three, he plays uh, this the song "Quarantine," incredibly beautiful. It's just like almost like legato, 
Um, sort of another one that sort of has like a, almost a classical vibe, but it's in seven, um, you know, and uh, but it actually, you know, but it has more of a jazz feel because of the it's on roads. You know, another another big influence of me was uh, this record called uh, Dave Douglas, the Inf- the infinite, mm-hmm. which is the band is like uh, Dave Douglas and Clarence Penn on drums. That's one of the records that Clarence is on. Mm-hmm. Um, James Genus is on bass, who was the bass player for SNL. Um, and then this guy, Yuri Kane's on Rhodes and Dave Douglas is on trumpet. And this is the way that they, the way that they have this, they interact off each other. And this is actually, I can't remember. It might be Donnie that on the record, or it might be this guy, Chris Speed. I, I can't remember who's the saxophone player on the infinite record. But there's all this amazing interplay that they have because it's sort of like the sections where it's like really like through composed and then they'll have a section where it's like really open mm-hmm. and they're just having like that's that's sort of the, the vibe that I was going for with this tune is just have like this um really conversational thing in seven but you know you could tell that like in that the clip that you just played i mean we're really building up to something mm-hmm. and then what happens is the just before you just before you right if you cut off we kind of take a pause and the keyboard does their solo we kind of like start back to ground from ground zero just like give a little color for him and that's the kind of thing that clarence said like with the uh stagnant playing that that i would that i really when i listen to this record i go yeah okay i think we did that you know we built together we shaped it together Mm -hmm. as a band not just me going now we're going to stop you know we all kind of just did it together naturally because that's just how that's just how it when we started but you know, also this is the last tune of the day. So by that point, we sort of gotten a vibe for what. Okay, this is what you. Right. You know, we sort of could, could feel each other out better. The first, the first. I mean, the, I feel like the whole record is pretty strong. But I just mean like, you know, some of the stuff that we did in later in the day. That's where like more of the magical moments happen, and it makes me wonder, like, man, if we got, to, we had like two days in the studio, what would it have been like? You know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you would have said, hey, you know what, let's just do one more take of this one really quick and gone back and, and you know, it, it's almost like when you write your second album and you you go, I learned so much in the first one. If I would have known this and I could go back and re-record the first one, I would do this. But that's what that's what's so important about the order of things that you do in the studio. And you guys were right. We're going to start with a good warmer. We're going to go to something a little harder. Then we're going to dial it back. Then we're going to go to something harder instead of just saying, all right, we're going to leave all the hard songs for the end of the day so that you guys are just going to be completely spent by the time we do the last take. Exactly. Absolutely absolutely exhausted by that time. By that time. No, you get it out of the way because then your brain, you know, you can kind of like relax and your brain kind of like, okay, we did that, you know. Uh, you know, like like with Rush Hour, Rush Hour probably was the one we spent the most time on because there was all those overdubs. Donnie did um, overdubs of playing the melody octave higher and an octave lower. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the whole like and actually, after all the guys left, we actually tried a different way of doing the end oh. of the song. We were gonna do like maybe like a call and response vocal thing where it'd be like and then like you know, but it was hard. It just didn't work with the because the the chords changed a little bit. It was cool, but we just decided, you know, just keep it simple. Yeah, and sometimes that's the best. Like you have to know when to dial it back as much as you have to know when to push it forward. And 
I really think that that I can honestly say on every song on here, I feel like you found that balance. It it doesn't feel oh, at any you. point where, at least for my taste as a listener, it doesn't feel like there was any point where I felt like, you know what, you've kind of lost me in the song here. <laughs> you know, I and and that's rare for me because I have a very short attention span. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm so I I and I I have to say I probably am somewhat jaded musically, but. <laughs> The, there okay. isn't there isn't any part in the album where I felt like yeah dude you 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 lost your edge right here, but it's a very cohesive album and I think that's part of why I enjoy it so much is because there's okay I'll, I'll give you my my movie theater analogy so if I'm sitting oh. in a movie theater and all of a sudden I'm watching a movie and all of a sudden I'm like whoa I'm not at home there's a screen I can see the edges of the screen it's not something I'm so uh, immersed in that Ooh. I've lost my identity of where I physically am. When I come Ooh. out of that, that's because either they've intentionally given you a break before something's about to happen, or there was some continuity thing or something that caused me to jump out of it. There was okay. no point from the first time I heard this album to, to the last time I've listened to it, which has been more than once, uh, not, not a single point where I could see the edges of the screen, You know, where I came out of it and went, whoa what just yeah. happened. You know, I mean, there were parts where I went, wow, what did they just do there? But that was with like an, an enthusiasm, not sure. a, oh God, they just did something I didn't like. That that never happened. And that's pretty rare. Yeah. And especially with, you know, um, with, with jazz, you know, it can be very, you know, depending on who you're playing with, it can be sort of self-serving at times. Sure. Um, I mean, any music, honestly, but, you know, I mean, musical theater could be vocally, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, um, depending on, you know, what, what they're doing and what they're singing, you know. But I mean, you know, or like Insta drumming, you know, the Instagram drumming, it's like, okay, you got a lot of chops, but like, I don't, I don't know why you drive a band, you know, like. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, you and, and the hope is that they wouldn't play in a band the way that they're doing those videos, because if they would, they're probably not going to get the gig. You never know. You never yeah. know. It's it's. I mean, some guys can do it. They know how to like max, do the hats and and like you know. The thing is that like people, the more that stuff exists, the more that like that becomes the norm. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, I'm see. You know, I see. I see people starting to do that all the time now because people don't. That's also like there's a little bit of like. You know, when guys that were a little bit older than me my age or even older the guys that were like kind of like the older cats that would hire you and kind of kick your ass you know those guys are gone now yeah that's you true. know it used to be like you go on the road and you learned by playing in a big band every night or you learn by playing with a, a famous uh guy as a side man and the side and the guy would like kind of talk to you at you know at the gig and be like you know i think you should do that anymore or, mm. you know or try something don't do that you can do something you can try something different but just don't do that right you know like th there's like none of that stuff anymore you know those guys are all gone or they're they're about to be gone you know because there's there's a little bit of that like so like nobody's telling you not to do stuff so of course you're going to keep doing it and if you have, you know, a lot of times if you have the chops, you're going to like, you know, but the trick is that like, you know, that stuff gets for me it, after like, you know, 10 seconds, I get bored of it myself unless right. it's like unbelievable. Mm -hmm. 
really unbelievable. Like it's only a special, a couple guys that can really do that. Keep my attention. And it's usually because of something else, something they do that's unique about what they're doing with those chops. Yeah, it's that not, makes sense. It's not about it's not about just playing the drums fast and going because a lot of guys can do that, right? But like some somehow they do something with like they'll do a thing and they'll do like scat scat with like a buzz roll or something like mm-hmm. like with like, like using like a singles buzz like or like some kind of like symbol or some sound that like kind of keeps you in engaged you know and i my friend my friend jessica she's kind of said that about my drumming on this record she said the thing that's interesting about your drumming is that like yeah you are playing at times you are playing a lot but it it always keeps you engaged yeah never it never it never takes you out of the thing which is why when you say that i'm like wow that's perfect i appreciate that a lot Mm -hmm. Um, it never, you know, it never, it never goes, it never feels like it's out of character. You're never jumping the shark. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. You're never, you're never coming out of that and going, yeah, this is over now. You know, you just did yeah. something that ruined it. No, she, it's, she's got a good assessment. Yeah. And I, and for me, actually, if you time the whole record, the whole record's like 59 minutes. And so it's like, it, I feel like it leaves you wanting more actually, mm-hmm. you know, as yeah. opposed to we more songs like all right we got we got you know yeah i kind of did feel that way like i was i was glad uh, that i had gotten through the album without feeling any you know trepidation or anything that that i was like yeah eh, how am i gonna tell him i didn't like that uh but then when i realized that was it like i got through all the tracks i'm like but i kind of wanted more right it was funny like i actually played the record for a friend of mine in his house and he was like we we could play it on bluetooth i'm like sure so we played on a bluetooth and like we listened to like some songs and then i was like i gotta go to the bathroom and by the way that's half the record (laughs) (laughs) you know it was like you know it was like we were there for like maybe 25 minutes 30 minutes you know right yeah well i'm i'm really excited that this is finally coming out today uh you know obviously i've been listening to it for a while so i'm glad that the world is now going to get it and have it in their hands and uh you know i'm sure that everybody whether you're a jazz fusion fan or not you can find something in in a groove that you'll like on this album because it's very universal to me. Well, one, one, another part of it, that's, that's, um, you know, just, just because I wanted to be, make it accessible for people is I have the vocal tune on there too, that we didn't talk about. That's true. Time to move on. I actually wrote that song when I was in college. Wow. You know, and, uh, initially, you know, it was about moving on from someone. Sure. And as I get older, I realized that it's not necessarily about moving on from someone as, as much as like moving on from a situation that you want to move, you know, it's just, you just want to move to a, a better situation. Not necessarily, it could be a person, it could be a thing, it could be a city, you know? And so like when um, Chelsea Porgini wrote the, the lyrics, uh, I, I did the, 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 I did the, the, like the um, pre-chorus and chorus, you know, so it's time to move on with our lives, you know, perhaps you're not my destiny. You know, it's like, very Stevie Wonder, you know, what I wrote, you know, but she did all like the verses, you know, because okay. I couldn't figure out, I couldn't figure out what to say. So mm-hmm. she wrote all the verses. And um, part of it is like, you know, I was thinking, I was told her, because initially she had like this kind of a dark vibe on it, you know, and I was like, actually, we want, we think of it like you're in a, you're in a town and you're going to move on to the next, you just arrived in a town and you just moved on from this last place. And now it's like, you have all this, the city that you can explore at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then eventually you got, eventually you on a tour, 
you, you, you do that, you exhaust all those options, and then you got to move on to the next city. Right. Think of it as more, of as, more as a positive than a negative. You know, like it doesn't have to be like somebody hurt you. I got to move on from this. It could be like, or it could be I outgrown this situation. Right. You yeah. Know? You know, so I was thinking like first, first one could be like about a person, but verse two is about just moving on in general in life. You're out. You're you're growing as a person, and you you know. I mean, that's a lot of times when people get divorced is not because they're bad people, but because they outgrow each other. You know, sure. they they different things in life. So, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Some people celebrate. Oh, absolutely, they do. Yeah. Well, I I that's a great story. I love that. Um, I'm just excited that this album's getting out there. I wish you the best of success, my friend. It has been thank such you. a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for you know, taking the time to believe in yourself and put this music out there because I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging. Thanks for having having me on and hanging out with me for a few hours. And yeah. Yeah, great to catch up, you know? For sure. Well, I look forward to uh, when you're on your next tour, maybe you'll be, you know, doing your own oh. tour and uh, coming out to to Vegas because we've only met one time. Right, uh, yeah. It'll, it'll be nice to hang out again. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe I'll be working on my my next record by that point. You know, tell your friends, tell your enemies. You know all that stuff. You know, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good luck, my friend. All right, man. Take care. You too. Bye.